Good morning, friends, family, and battered fans of the Grand Canyon University Antelopes. It is Wednesday, February 1st. The Lopes, coming off an atrocious loss at Tarleton, look to right their wrongs from their first trip to Texas, seeking revenge on the underrated lumberjacks from Stephen F. Austin. Are the reports of the demise of the Grand Canyon Antelopes being greatly exaggerated, or are the Lopes exactly where they belong in the middle of the whack? Though we have plenty to say on the matter, don't let us come to the conclusion for you. We are glad you are tuning in as a new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out the blaster for three. Go! Harrison. Up high. Put back by the corner. Push back up. Harrison quickly to the clock and drives baseline. Barrel. No doubt about it. Oh, Barrel, you bounced out of your seat on that. I never thought you with a big right hand. Give a look a three-point advantage. Did you hear about the Clemson player? The Clemson who, player. So he um he, he posted a video on Instagram from a hospital bed, okay? And mm-hmm. the video he explains what had happened to him that day. And what had happened was he went and did his like morning lift or whatever. And then he took a nap. And then he woke up he woke up from his nap and his male body parts were enlarged he explained it as quote unquote and if for some reason you're listening to this with children around here's your warning (laughs) um he said my balls exploded (laughs) so i guess like he went to the hospital (laughs) and he said his balls were the size of basketballs which i'm sure is an exact an exaggeration but i guess they did an operation on him and he was like yeah in 48 hours i'll be back on the men and stuff like that but um what they did on ion college basketball was gary Parrish pulled up like the web md and they were talking all about like how (laughs) (laughs) how like you're more likely to be fearful of dying if you go on web md than if you just go to the doctor (laughs) Um, yeah honestly yeah (laughs) yeah no it's like every time you google your symptoms you are 100 anxious of dying but uh he was like he goes on webmd and it's like enlarged male body parts or whatever and um (laughs) it was like (laughs) it was like all these different things you know like cancer or um (laughs) whatever it may be (laughs) but the last one was a buildup of fluid (laughs) And, and so Gary Parrish makes the joke. Yeah. Do you want to be one of them and you have a buildup of fluid or do you want to be one of us? <laughs> Bro, this is a basketball podcast. <laughs> it's college basketball, dude. He is oh so funny. God. He's the same one who does the, the, the horned frog impression. The I'm a horned frog. Look at me. It's like the hypno toad or whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, another thing about that podcast that's so funny is um the other guy, uh I think his name is Norlander. Oh, he's yeah, been, yeah. He's been calling he's been calling TCU the basketball team. He's been calling them the hardwood hypnotoads. Hardwood hypnotoads. <laughs> so that's pretty so that's, good. Oh, also uh last thing, the uh the Devil Bears jerseys. Oh, I love them. 
I like the I Devil Bears jerseys. I, I did think for a minute if they wear these and then lose to New Mexico State and give them their first win, then they have to like retire the jerseys. Oh, yeah. Cursed. Oh, um, yeah. But they, they held on, so I guess they can keep them around. I think they're cool. They're a little like, too highlighter I think, for I think me. We should get more, I think we should get more alternate jerseys. I agree, but they're a little too highlighter for me. <laughs> yeah. But the Devil Bears is kind of funny to me. So I, I'm waiting for like I I wish we could like buy college basketball jerseys. I don't know, man. Right? I think they're cool. As a jersey collector, uh, hey, Gabe McLaughlin has his own jersey. Really? Yeah. If you go on his Instagram, he has this jersey that he designed and whatever, and it's kind of cool. Like, is it a GCU jersey? Yeah, I mean it's it's GCU themed. It's not an actual actual GCU jersey like right, a right, licensed right. one, but it, it's but it's like it's GCU themed. It's a little busy for me it's got like these cactus on it or cacti on it so it's it's a little interesting but yeah you should take a peek at it see if you like it dude i'm trying to get a Gabe mclaughlin jersey hey zach do you Um, want to open up with some questionable scenarios yeah let's go for it all right pick one you get full access all season long to all things lopes basketball including practices film sessions team meetings etc but you can only watch the games on TV or you get courtside season tickets, VIP tailgate access and first floor arena garage parking. But you cannot engage with anything GCU basketball related outside of watching the games. Pick your poison. I'll do the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I guess here's the deal, right? Uh, I would actually get to like, enjoy myself and live in the moment and i'd actually get to park on campus and like so you're saying like i could just like have all the joys of sitting courtside watching the lopes and none of the stress of twitter <laughs> like i'll take it right like twitter's terrible none right? of the like, stress of like, twitter or doing the yeah. podcast or anything like yeah, that like, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have to like be up past my bedtime on sunday trying to record <laughs> right yeah i would i would do the second one See, they're, I don't know. See, that's too the, stressful. This is the first time I think I've ever done something for you, questionable scenarios wise, where they're both like really positive things. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm one of them doesn't like involve me like eating terrible. Hey, yeah. I do have something really funny to tell you. Last week, you you gave me one about like a juicer. Like, it's like we, yeah, we, the, like, the win juice the road cleanse. trip games by a thousand points, but I have to go on a juice cleanse. Yeah. Okay. So I'm staying with one of my friends. Um, yeah, I, I told you this before, right? His family's house, yeah. but they live in Utah. Okay. So they're here this weekend. Okay. Um, and so his, my friend, my friend, his name's Gregory. His mom was like, oh, hi. I'm like, hi, Zach. And I was like, hi. And she's like, hey, just so you know, uh, we just bought this juicer. So if you want to like juice anything. And I thought like, it's a sign from God. <laughs> like <laughs> you got to do the juice. And you didn't do it. And we lost and I didn't it at do Tarleton. It, and we got blown out by Tarleton. So now I'm starting to me. think these questionable scenarios are real. And, <laughs> and maybe I should have juiced. Maybe but, you should yeah. start driving your tractor to work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to keep it real with you. I am live as we speak buying a Cape McLaughlin jersey. Dude, let's do it. That's They're awesome. They're so cool. They're yeah. fire. Um, for me, on this questionable scenario, as much as I would love doing the courtside, you know, VIP tailgate and first floor arena parking, dude, I'm trying to coach at a high level, and you can't you can't trade off the experience of being at least having an eye on the program at that kind of level. 
Yeah. So I think I'm, I think I'm taking practice film sessions, team meetings and all that stuff. Cause that would be so cool. It, it'd be so good for, for just learning what it's like to be part of a, not just a college basketball program, but a D one program. And, uh, I chose to go to DC, GCU, which is a division one program and forfeit my opportunity to play college basketball at a really small school. So, yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm not regretting it though. i I would never trade my days at GCU away. Oh yeah. So. I was kind of thinking, I had the same, it's funny. I had the same thought not very long ago about college tennis. Yeah. Um, which is like, I totally, um, I totally would have been like good enough to play at a smaller school. And so I thought like, man, what if I'd actually gone and played like NAIA tennis? I got an email from a, from a college tennis coach earlier today. Um, oh, yeah? Just about like recruiting because just about recruiting because I have some players that are pretty good and have aspirations to play in college. Um, so, so, you know, I'm trying to like help my, help my seniors and juniors through the recruiting process, connect them with, with coaches and whatnot. But I thought like, man, like, I wish I like, could I have been you. No, but I thought like, I wish I had like a coach or like someone who like introduced me to like college recruits. Like yeah. I, I never had that. I never real, I didn't have real coaches. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess yeah, I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I went to GCU, but what could have been could have been well, I guess I got I got to play like competitive college tennis. Like, yeah, you did. Level, so it's fine. I think if I could have changed anything about my GCU experiences, I would have at least attempted to be a manager. Really? I, I think that could have I think that could have given me some good coaching experience. Not that you'd be mm. actually coaching people, but you'd at least have a close eye on the program, I guess. So um hey. Guess what time it is? Um, is it trivia time? It's trivia time. Nice. You're I am currently four and one. You are currently four and one. It's sounding to me like you got a pretty tough question. No, you're um, gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Okay, well, you're not gonna get mine. I'll let you ask oh, yours first. Though. Okay. Um, last week I asked. There's two teams whom we have never lost to. Um. And and then yeah, this week I will ask you this. Um, there's actually one team in the WAC that we've never beaten. You know who it is? See, I'm gonna have to pull up the the list again, see who's in the conference. So two teams we've never lost to. We know that list is now down to one because we dropped that. We got blown out by Tarleton. Yep. One team that we've never beaten. We've beaten Utah Valley. I know that we've beaten Southern Utah. We've beaten Seattle. We've beaten Stephen F. Austin. Or have we? I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> Sam Houston State, we've beaten. Cal Baptist, we've beaten. Have we? We played Tarleton State prior to. They were undefeated against them. Yeah, but I didn't know if we had played a game against them or not. It was like yeah, two we meetings, like, right? We were like, we we're yeah. like three and out, I think. Yeah. Abilene Christian, we've beaten. Utah Tech, mm-hmm. UTRGV, Arlington, New Mexico State. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be uh, Stephen F. Austin. It is, and that's what we're playing this week in our only game. <laughs> Let's go. We gotta get this one. We Doesn't gotta get it. So well, we we do. We're in big trouble if we don't. I think. Yeah. Well, hey, that puts me at five and one. I almost, I almost fumbled the bag there, but I didn't. But you didn't. Here, here we go. Kyle Keller has been the head coach at Stephen F. Austin since 2016. He led the Lumberjacks to the NCAA tournament in 2018 via the Southland Conference Championship, which yeah. has since been vacated by the NCAA, believe it or not. Really? Yep. 
Whoa, they, okay. they had uh, like 171 wins between 2013 and 2019 vacated. Oh, so, so technically like they didn't violations? make it. Um, what happened was one of their administrators didn't um, do like eligibility stuff correctly, didn't log it correctly. Oh, and so, man. and it wasn't just basketball. It was literally almost every sport. So that sucks. Yeah. So technically they didn't make it to the tournament in 2018. <laughs> Anyways. Man. So Kyle, uh, Kyle Keller, all this stuff. He has been the head coach at only one other institution. Can you name it? He's been an assistant coach a lot of other places. He's only been a head coach at Stephen F. Austin and one other institution. I've never heard of this guy, so I have not even the slightest idea. But <laughs> let me just think. So Stephen F. Austin. Is it a school that like I would know of? Absolutely like, not. Yeah. Okay. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> what from, is it? from 1997 to 1999, oh. yeah, he was the okay. head coach at Tyler Jr. College in Tyler, Texas. Wow. Boom, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I hate it here. That was a horrible <laughs> trivia question. I was just curious whether you had done some research or not. GCU, play, GCU plays Stephen F. Austin. Their head coach is Kyle Keller. What is his mother's maiden name and the last three digits on his credit card? <laughs> what are we doing here, bro? Dude, come on. It was not Bryce that Drew hard. is the head coach of GCU, but do you know hey, what the name of his first pet dude, was? I could tell you where the last two places he was the head coach at was. Who, Bryce Drew? Yeah. Uh, could you? Valpo? Valpo, yeah. Valpo. But that wasn't the I, most recent. I I don't know. Oh, um, was it? A, it was a Power Five, right? Yep. Shoot. I'll give you a hint. It's an SEC team. Yeah. Um, I'll give you another hint. It it, it shouldn't be an SEC team. <laughs> it shouldn't be an SEC team. Uh, all right. Let me see. Terrible SEC teams. Terrible SEC teams. I'll give you another hint. The only thing that they're competitive in in the SEC that anybody pays attention to, anyways is baseball oh it's vanderbilt yep yeah their baseball team's crazy but they lost to tennessee didn't they in baseball yeah they did in baseball i'm gonna be honest baseball is kind of like a hit or miss game i measure i think it's football similar i measure like quality of team by draft prospects more than actual success um but i guess that's true of any college sport like they always have just so many dudes well i would consider that a very successful trivia time i, I know so. you wouldn't I, I you wouldn't no that was a good same. question it was such a troll question but it's fine no it wasn't dude yeah come it was on crazy. come on <laughs> someday when i'm coaching a division one tennis team they'll say do you know what other school he coached at glendale glendale prep, prep but i said i said institution you fit, uh, you should have known it was a college i wouldn't have done it to you if it was like a high school <laughs> <laughs> all right dude yes. We so got a, yeah. Oh, you just bought my, that jersey. This is my verification of the Gabe McLaughlin jersey I bought. Gabe, if you're listening, I love you. Hey, hey, yes. hey we should see if we can get uh, old Gabe McLaughlin on the podcast. Maybe, dude, it'd be crazy if we got some of the lopes. I I would feel kind of bad because we we've kind of I don't know we've oh, kind of trashed on the lopes a little bit. Not oh, really. Dude. We haven't trashed on them. We, we no, we haven't trashed on them. We'd held we've held them to a high standard. Yeah, and I think that's something that they would want from us. If they okay. wanted anything from us at all. Right. Hey, Which we I'm only sure. have one game this week. I know. I'm actually kind of glad because that means at least I only have one heart attack this week instead of two. 
and it means um, I didn't have to prep for two games to preview and all yeah, that stuff. So. Yeah. So maybe uh. So yeah, we're yeah. playing Stephen F. Austin, a team that we have never won against, evidently. Right. They oh, are cur- Yeah, yeah. We lost. They are currently yeah. uh fifteen and seven overall, with notable non-conference win over UNC Greensboro. I guess you could also count that Louisiana Tech game as a notable win, but they're Ken Palm one forty-seven, I believe, whereas Greensboro is one thirty. They are seven and two in conference, with conference wins coming versus Abilene Christian at UT Arlington versus New Mexico State versus GCU at Utah Tech versus Rio Grande Valley and versus Seattle. And their only conference losses coming back to back on the road trip at Southern Utah and at Sam Houston State, who are two of arguably the best teams in the conference. They are four and two on the road, which is a winning record. They score 75.3 points a game on 47.5% field goals, 37.9 from three-point range. They get 34.1 rebounds per game. And of those rebounds, offensively, they get uh, 32.9% are offensive rebounds, which is actually 61st in the nation. Their best Ken Palm components, they are fourth in the nation in forcing turnovers. Ninth in the nation in three-point percentage, which I think we talked about last time we played them, how good they are at forcing turnovers and three points. Um, Their worst components on Ken Palm, they are 337th in the nation in turning the ball over on offense. So they turn the ball over frequently. They don't value possessions um, as, as they should. And then finally, they are 363rd, which is dead last in the nation in non-steal turnovers on offense. So they're throwing the ball out of bounds. They're traveling. They're all that stuff. And that's just not great. In our last matchup with them, AJ Kajust had 15 points in 26 minutes. He's averaging 9.3 points per game on 47.1% field goal and 41.5% from three. He's also averaging 5.4 assists per game. And then finally, Sedadrian Hall is averaging 13 points per game on 59.3% from field goal, which is incredible, and 37.5 from three. He's also averaging 6.4 rebounds per game. Zach, take it away. Yeah, so a couple of things to note. Um, we we this is the the time of the year where we're going to start seeing teams for a second time, which is nice. This is the first team this season that we see for a second time, um, and this is where this is where coaching comes into play, right? Now that you've seen this team, you know what they do. Uh, remember that the Wolves the last time we played them, we lost them by five. It was kind of a weird circumstance where we had just previously, I think this was a Saturday game, and on the Thursday game we had actually just beaten. Sam Houston in overtime, which was kind of a miraculous win at a time where we were kind of wondering about the Lopes and they they picked up what what at the time we thought to be like the best win in the conference over the team that's clearly number one on the road. Um, and then it seems we are our opinion was from the high of that win, we kind of um, we stayed too high on that win and then didn't really show up for this game. We only lost by five on the road, honestly, which is kind of crazy considering we played pretty badly. We shot 28% from three, which is terrible. 43% from the field. Um, we had 11, we had 16 turnovers, which is just way too much. We allowed 12 offensive rebounds. Um, we played pretty badly and we only lost by five on the road. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I just have no idea what to expect from this GCU team anymore. I think it's nice that this is our only game this week. It gives us a lot of time to prepare. 
and it's nice that we played this team before. Um, they have the New Mexico State game uh, on Wednesday of this week, and then they have us, so they have two games to prepare for. We only have the one. Um, we Which are three-point favorites. Yeah, it is. It is, and and that's one where New Mexico State's coming off a really good performance in that loss, five-point loss at Utah Valley. I can see them winning that game. I think that's a trap game for Stephen F. Austin. I think Stephen F. Austin is looking at, at the GCU game with 0-9 New Mexico State lurking, and New Mexico State can sneak that one. Yeah. I can see Could that. happen. I don't know that it will. I don't think it will. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see. New Mexico State, I just still don't know what to see. Um, GCU's three-point favorites, according to Ken Palm right now. Um, I don't know where I am on that. Uh, GCU has a 62% chance to win. Um, I just remember last time, this is the game where last time we played them, we had a bunch of turnovers, but they were not forced turnovers. Like we said, I was I was losing my mind listening to their announcers say that, like, yeah, this defense is just as good as Sam Houston State's. And I remember thinking, like, this is the stupidest nope. thing ever. We This was the game where we, like, tried to throw pocket passes to the paint and, yep, like, yep. guys who are triple teamed. So we just had a bunch of, like, horrible turnovers off of, like, boneheaded decisions. And we're coming off, like, our worst loss of the season objectively, like both in, in rankings and in margin. So I would love to see us come in disciplined. We coming off a horrible loss playing against the team we've already lost to. I would love to see us come disciplined. And I think if we do, we'll win. I think the biggest factor is going to be GCU arena full of GCU students on a Saturday night. That's going to be the biggest variable, and I think that's going to will Elopes to a win. I'm yeah. still not confident, but I'm a lot more confident in front of the Havocs than I am in front of 3,000 max people at a high school arena in Tarleton. Yeah. What's crazy uh, is uh, SFA's gym is actually awesome. It really they is. Just have, they just don't have fans there. Which, which is, is ridiculous. because really Yeah. As we've stated, they've been to the tournament recently. Yeah. I'm keeping an eye on the line for this game. I'm going to have to like do some serious contemplating about three points. I don't know. I think my initial reaction is I, I think I like us to cover, but I think Stephen F. Austin outright to win the game might be a good bet because you'll probably get odds given the three-point dogs. They'll probably be like plus 120 or something. So Stephen F. Austin money line might be kind of good. I think I would stay away from SFA plus three. I think if they win, they'll just win. I don't think they'll lose close. Hey, Zach, do you remember the old uh, the old don't bet on the Lopes joke from 2018 podcast? I do. I do. And the, and the coin star joke? The coin star joke. Do you know what I'm talking what about? What a time. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's so funny. So I bet on the Lopes. And I don't so know why I bet on the Lopes. Because every time I bet on the Lopes, I lose. Hey, can I tell you something? Yeah. I've bet on the Wolves money line every single game this season. What's your record? My record is their record. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 I got you. I got like you. the money line is just that they'll win the game. Oh, um, okay. Got you. Not the spread. My no. no, no. Okay. Um, so we haven't really like, I guess the only game that I've made significant money off of was the Sam Houston state game. Cause we were pretty big dogs in that one. That's the only game we've won all season where we've been dogs. We're not dogs in this one though. So I don't know. I, I like our chances. We're we're like we said, we're kind of the split masters. So this season <laughs> it's we beat Cal Baptist in that like one weird Thursday game, first day of conference play, whatever. Then it was win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So we're we're split masters. We only have one game this week. Um I'd love to see us yeah. win. 
But of course, if we win, that that obviously sets us up for the loss in our next game, which is New Mexico, New Mexico State, State at home. At home. Yeah. <laughs> so would we you can. rather would you rather lose to Stephen F. Austin at home or lose to New Mexico State at oh, home? Oh, Stephen F. Austin. If I have to choose one of those 100%. games to win, I, we gotta beat New Mexico State at home. Just one hundred percent. Just for my sanity, that's all that matters to me. But let's like let's not get ahead of ourselves. I do want us to win this game. I think we can. That's I, I guess like we've already played them. We know what they're gonna do. I I think when we lost, like we just played dumb. We, we made bad decisions, and if we make better decisions, at given the home court atmosphere, um, we shot really poorly. We had a bunch of terrible turnovers. I think if we if we can batten down the hatches and embrace the the havocs, I think we'll be fine. Hey, keep in mind, and I know we're kind of getting back into last episode with Tarleton. Temple beat Houston, right? And no disrespect yeah. to Rutgers, but Rutgers beat Purdue last year. We, GCU are lost. We Rutgers or are we Purdue? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. That's like actually that's actually a really good question. Hey, last year GCU lost to Utah Tech. GCU, as is with most basketball programs in NCAA Division One, is primed to lose some bad games. Okay. We do always have one horrible loss. Yeah. And and it was on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. The Tarleton game shouldn't lose that game. Let's At back. Cal Baptist probably shouldn't lose that game. But you have a good opportunity here against Stephen F. Austin, a team that you already lost to this season, a good team nonetheless, to get a win at home in front of your front of your home crowd and lead you off into a big rivalry game against New Mexico State at home in front of your home crowd and get that first win against your rival since 2016. Wait, did they move it really the game? is, isn't that? No, it, they didn't move that one. It's Thursday. The New Mexico State game? Yeah. Ken oh. Palm says Wednesday, but ESPN says Thursday. Yes, that's that's correct. Yes, yes. I it forgot is Thursday? That. Or it's it is Thursday or it's Wednesday? It's uh, I believe it's Thursday next week. Okay. Ken Bond just hasn't adjusted. Do you have anything else to say about SFA or do you want to get into like the waction this week? I think we should get into around the whack. We got a lot of Wednesday games this week. Um, yes. And one so, of them, one of them, by the way, is a, uh, is a Kimball game. So tonight yeah, it sure is. Yep. So tonight, Sam Houston state will have a chance to defend their Kimball title on the road at Texas Rio Grande Valley. So we're going to keep an eye on that and I'll let you take it away with the rest of around the whack. Yeah. So, so Sam Houston state is 12 point favorites in that on the road, according to Ken Palm, we'll see what the lines um, we'll see what the lines open as in a, in a little bit, but they're 12 point favorites as of, as of Ken Palm. I have this thing. I don't know why. I don't know if you've noticed in my trends. I've noticed it the last several years. I really like to take, UTRGV plus a lot of points for some reason. <laughs> I just always feel like when UTRGV are double digit dogs that they're going to lose by seven. And yeah. so I will probably I will probably do the same thing here. Um, even though it's very likely that Safe Houston can win by thirty, I kind of just feel like Tarleton or uh, not Tarleton UTRGV at home will like play it tough and lose by seven. But you do you do think that Sam Houston State's going to defend their Kimball title, right? I do, I do, yeah. I don't see them dropping that one. I don't see them losing either games this week. I mean, it is a road trip. Probably the easiest one in the whack with UTRGV and UT Arlington. They're double-digit favorites in both. So things are looking good for them. For the rest of the whack, we do have on Wednesday, we we already mentioned it, but the Stephen F. Austin at New Mexico State game is one that could be interesting. 
one that perhaps we should keep an eye on. Stephen of Austin is only one point favorites in that game. New Mexico State looked kind of reinvigorated against Utah Valley. Is that going to stick around? It was hard to say, but an 0-9 team playing uh, a team that's like, what is, what is, what is Stephen of Austin? 7-2? Yeah. A 7-2 team in conference is playing an 0-9 team and the 7-2 team is only a one point favorite. So I kind of like, sorry, I kind of like Stephen F. Austin there. I do want to kind of keep an eye on Southern Utah at Cal Baptist. I, I'm going to put that on like, like very, very tentatively. I'm going to put that on upset alert and that I think Southern Utah is better, but I can see, I can see Cal Baptist defending at home there. I think all of these games, we're starting to see the reverse of the beginning of the season, which is the good teams kind of stomp the bad teams at home. And now that we're seeing that flip is a lot of the good teams are playing the mid teams on the road. I think like they're going to be good, right? Sam Houston at UTRGV, uh, Southern Utah at Cal Baptist. On Thursday, we have Utah Valley at Utah Tech. Those are all games that like, yeah, the top team should win. But these 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 decent teams at home are are good at defending at home. So, so you never know. Those games could be interesting. Southern Utah at Utah Tech on Saturday will be interesting. Here's my, here's a question for you. Okay. Does Utah Tech win a game this week? Who do they have again? Utah Valley on Thursday, Southern Utah on Saturday, both at home. No, I I could see them possibly getting it against uh, Southern Utah, but those are those are two of the best teams in the conference, in my opinion. So I don't know. Who has Southern Utah lost to? Tarleton. Yep. And Seattle by 21. Should we add Tarleton to one of your lists? Greatest of all time playing at home. Dude, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how the rest. What are their other games? They have UTRGV at home. Sam Hugh. Oh, they have Sam Houston, Utah Valley, and New Mexico State as their last three home games. Yeah, that's tough. If they finish undefeated, then I definitely will be adding them to that list. Um excellent. No, I do not. Week. I do not think that Utah Tech is winning a game this week. Yeah. Kind of a weird week. I honestly think like game of the week is probably Stephen F. Austin at GCU on Saturday. That's, that's the like reasonable. Only, that's the only real big boy matchup we have, but we have a lot hey, of interesting. Hey, hey, slow down! I wouldn't say GCU is a big boy right now. It's the biggest boy game. They're the biggest birds. <laughs> <laughs> the games, the games are. It's the top teams playing on the road against the mid teams. So obviously, like we'll see which mid teams are going to show up and steal an upset. As far as like top teams, like top five, top six, like that top tier, right? GCU, Stephen F. Austin. Um, and that's a big game as far as seeding goes. GCU is 0.09 ahead of SFA. And there's a pretty significant gap now with Southern Utah at fourth and these two teams at five and six. So basically they're they're playing for fifth place. But here's the thing. Um, if you're the five seed and you're playing Southern Utah or if you're the sixth seed and you're playing Seattle U, who would you rather play between those two? I think Seattle. Me too. And, and the reason for that is because Southern yeah. Utah is really, really close to Las Vegas. And and I'm not sure. I mean, we saw how big of a crowd and and, and the atmosphere they had yeah, in that it. in that Utah Valley game. So they have a very decent following. And if they're if they're looking pretty good coming tournament time, then they could travel really well. Seattle, on the other hand, even though evidently they have some pretty passionate fans online, they play in a gym that seats 999 people and they don't fill it. I don't know. I just don't think that they would have a great following at the tournament granted i've only been to the tournament one time and it was for one game and it was between us and new mexico state so 
I can't really speak to how other teams travel. I would love to go to WAC Vegas this year. I think Southern Utah is better than Seattle. And until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to take Seattle over Southern Utah. So like we said, there's no like big hitter slugfest matchup matchups unless you consider GCU and Stephen F. Austin that, but I don't. <laughs> Seattle U kind of gets to vibe. They're they're vibing. They got Abilene Christian, and then they're playing at New Mexico State on Saturday. But New Mexico State's kind of bad. Bad. So that that's kind of it. We have we have the games we've already mentioned. Big teams playing it. Okay teams. GCU has one game. Excited for that, but not. I mean, not really a lot to say. Um, for around the whack this week, we'll we'll just keep an eye on it. A lot of good games, like we said, should be a lot of competitive games. Um, and obviously, I'll have my picks out on Twitter. Do you want to hit us up with the mid-major top twenty-five? Yeah. So things to note: there are five of the top six whack schools ranked. The the one team of that top six that isn't ranked is our Grand Canyon University Antelopes. The other five being ranked isn't particularly surprising. What is surprising is that the highest ranked WAC team is Southern Utah. They are currently at 15th in the mid-major top 25. And this is their first time in the first time in the poll, right? Yeah, they have. As far as I know, they haven't been ranked all season until now with the double digit win against Utah Valley. Hey, and they have jumped all the way up to 15. Guess what? Win at home against Utah Valley and good things happen. Yeah, that's right. And then the rest of the whack is all sandwiched in the 20s. So we have Utah Valley at 20, Sam Houston at 21, Seattle at 22, Stephen F. Austin at 23. Grand Canyon is still a vote getter, although like maybe they shouldn't be. So yeah, that's that's the mid-major top 25. Some things that I, I just think are noticeable is Southern Utah is ranked one above Furman, who's I think a, a good team. Santa Clara, Toledo, all teams that are ranked lower than them. Hofstra ranked 19th. Hofstra just pulled off. Yeah, they just had a big massive win. win against College of Charleston. Yeah. They beat yeah. Charleston and gave them their first loss of the year, I think. Or first, was that their first loss or second loss? Second loss of the year, but second loss. First, first loss in loss. a long time. But yeah, so that was a that was a big win for Hofstra there. Well, but then Charleston, Charleston Utah, had so. Charleston had the biggest winning streak in the nation prior to that. So Cute. Yeah, I want to say they were 18 and one and they were undefeated in conference play. So that was a big, it was a big win for Hofstra. That's the whack. Bracketology does, and I know like we have to take this with a grain of salt because bracket like bracketology makers don't really watch mid-majors. Like that's just the way it is. Maybe I shouldn't generalize, but it's true for the ones we're talking about. Seattle U is still the pick by bracketologists to win the whack. Both Lenardi and Katz, who are kind of the two, I don't know, the two maybe most prominent bracketologists, uh, Lenardi for ESPN and Katz actually for the NCAA. They both have Seattle in as 13 seeds. I personally don't agree. I don't think Seattle's the, the best team. I do think Seattle would, if they if they were the team, I do think they would get a 13. I think they're they're better. They're better than the teams on the 14 line, which are like Princeton and Belmont, I think are the top two 14s. So I'll I'll take them there. But I, I, I think as of right now, uh, Sam Houston and Utah Valley are playing better. Here's a question, Zach, and I already know the answer to it. But these bracketologists who, as you've stated, do not watch mid-major basketball that much. Basically, all they do is decide who's on the bubble. Do you think they determine who's going to win XYZ conference tournament for any mid-major school based on Ken Palm or Torvik or Net? Or do they just go off of what their current conference standings are? I have to believe that they're going off of conference. I think what they do is 
they go off of conference standings. And if they have some sort of spicy opinion, they make the tweak. But I, I don't think I, I think generally speaking, what they do is if they don't know, they just go by conference standings. My reasoning for thinking that is it wouldn't make sense for them to use Ken Palm because at no point this year has Seattle U actually ever been higher than third in the WAC. So they've always been behind Utah Valley and Sam Houston. In fact, for most of the for most of the season, they've been fourth or lower. They've been behind GCU pretty much the entire year until we lost to Tarleton on Saturday. So it wouldn't make sense for them to go off Ken Palm because Seattle's been like third or fourth in Ken Palm the entire year. So I I, I do think, like you said, I think it's just conference standings. They're undefeated. They're the only undefeated team. They're in first place. They have the best record. So it's them. But I think that you know we as avid whack watchers. I do not see them as my favorite and I would not project them to be the whack team, but they certainly can be. I mean, anybody can be except for New Mexico. Yeah, State, honestly, they won't be in the, no, even then. No, they won't be in the whack tournament. Well, Who are our teams that are ineligible? Tarleton. And is it just Tarleton? Uh, Utah Tech. Dix- Sorry, Utah Tech. Yes. Yep. Dude. Wait, which means Seattle, U gets in right. If Tarleton or Utah Tech win. Blackface. Oh my gosh. Are we really going to have a Bellerman situation in the whack? That would be really no. funny. No. Tarleton Here's and what Utah Tech are not going to. I want three-seeded Seattle to lose to six-seeded Grand Canyon by 37. And then Tarleton to win the whack. And then Seattle U to still be a 13-seed. That's what I want <laughs> to happen. That's one of those few instances where I feel like a team that quote unquote won their conference tournament should be playing in Dayton in the first four. Oh yeah. But other than yeah. that, I think everybody who's playing in Dayton should be one of those bubble teams that are playing for an 11 seed. seems only fair. Yeah, if you didn't win your conference tournament, that, that can be the asterisk. If you didn't actually win your conference tournament and only qualified because an ineligible team won. And so you were just sent through you get to play in Dayton. We'll just, yeah. we'll find someone for you. You can play Arizona state in Dayton, <laughs> but I will Dude, say they're, this. they're playing there every year, no matter what. Right. <laughs> I will say this. Dude, like ASU at the beginning of every season can just buy their tickets to Dayton for that, for that week of first week of March. Like, you know, they're going, it's like Georgia fans to the college football playoff championship. <laughs> but no, the, the only thing I really have to yeah, say about ASU the going Dayton, to the first four situation is I don't think it's right to have teams that won their conference earn the right to play in in the March Madness tournament for them to have to play on a what is it Tuesday and Wednesday night in Dayton in the first four that's absurd right really gonna do normal yeah and part of what we said is yeah no it's like part of what we said too that's like this is what seems crazy right Obviously, we're probably not going to have to worry about that with the WAC unless it's one of the lower teams, right? But imagine yeah. Abilene Christian, who's currently like 11th. Imagine Abilene Christian actually goes on a run and they beat GCU and then they beat Seattle U and they beat Utah Valley and then they beat Sam Houston in four straight basketball games, right? And if they will seriously do that and win those four in a row, you're really going to make them go to Dayton and play Howard, another 16th <laughs> seed who currently is in line to play at Dayton, right? So it's like, come on, like, what are we doing? So I guess like, I get it. The, the bid stealers who aren't projected that win the conference are the, usually the ones who end up there. But I think what's, what's actually crazy is those bid stealers are the ones that probably most deserve to not have to play in Dayton. Yeah, absolutely. They, they right? had to earn it more than anybody else. Yeah. They had to go through a tougher road. 
the random 500 team who beats if, if who beats Kent State in the MAC shouldn't have to go play in Dayton. No, not that Kent State's going to lose in their conference. I don't think they will. They're really solid, but yeah. like just that's an example, right? It's like it happens every year. There's always a couple really solid 12 teams that would be 12s or 13s that lose to some random 500 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 500 team has to go play in Dayton. And those are the teams that are there. It's the random 500 teams that beat the actual projected 12s and 13s. And it just is sad. So pertaining to the WAC and the WAC tournament and, and the winners and stuff like that, when it comes to seeding of the teams that are in the top four right now, how would you actually rank them in your opinion? Yeah, so I would put I would still put Sam Houston at number one. I think they're the best team in the WAC. I think they've been the best team in the WAC all year. I know they had that kind of minor skid where they lost three out of five, but realistically, like two of those losses are very understandable. And like the worst loss was GCU in overtime, which like with what the Lopes look like now doesn't look good. But that was a that was a hel- much healthier Lopes team. I well, Blackshire got injured at the end of regulation in that game, right? No, Blackshire got injured in the first ten minutes of that game. Oh. The only the only thing was that we had Baker. We didn't we have, did have YO. Baker. Yeah, no YO. And yeah, Blackshire got injured early. Huh. Yeah, that's that is crazy, man. So that's a bad loss. Uh, and then the other two losses are understandable. And now they have the easiest part of their schedule. But like realistically, they're just really good. They're ranked 64th right now in Ken Palm. This is the highest they've been ranked all season in Ken Palm. They're not projected to lose any more games this season. And so they could honestly, they could pretty realistically win out. They could win the rest of their games. And then they can go win Whack Vegas. And if they do that, seriously, if they win the next like eight games or whatever, and they win Whack Vegas, they're gonna they're gonna be in the high forties. And there's no way you deny a team in the high forties from the twelve line. Yeah, absolutely not. So so they're 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 to me still the best team. Obviously, GCU has the luxury of we've beaten them once on the road, so hopefully we have that confidence. But they're still the best team, I think. Uh, Utah Valley, I would put it two. They're really good. They handled us at home. That wasn't fun at all. But they're really good. I, I think they're not as good as as Sam Houston, but I still think they're considerably better than us, and I think they inspire lots of fear. I would put Southern Utah at three. I think they're not nearly as formidable as those top two. I still think they're better than GCU. I, I think that they would give us a really hard time. They'd probably beat us on a neutral. We haven't really played them yet this year, so I guess we'll find out. And then I would put Seattle U at fourth in that just a team that does not inspire fear. At this point, they're probably better than us too. So it is what it is. Yeah, that's how I'd rank the top four. Sure. Do you think GCU has any shot at a two seed? No. The the one and two, Sam Houston and Utah Valley are just so far away in Wimmers. They're about two and a half points up on us in the Wimmers. And the way it's been going is like generally we're getting half a quarter of a point to half a point per win. So even if we like win out, we'll be up three points, but like they'll go up a couple more, a point or two. So I, I don't see it. I don't see a I think the best case scenario is the three seed, and even that's like kind of impossible. It's almost at this point, like I think we're kind of stuck in the five or six seed there's a really big drop off after there's like us and tarleton or us and sfa are right there there's a really big jump between those two teams in tarleton but there's also now a pretty sizable gap between us and southern utah the four seed so i think we're going to be the five or the six i think we're kind of locked into that role now and honestly i don't really care which because i would almost rather be the six and play seattle than be the five and play southern utah so yeah 
I'm with you there. That's just my opinion. And if we're the six, we don't have to play New Mexico State if they sneak in as the last team in. Regarding that, funny mm-hmm. statistic. GCU is undefeated against the field in the WAC tournament with their only losses in the WAC tournament coming to New Mexico State. They've never lost to a team other than New Mexico State in the WAC tournament. So you're saying our options are New Mexico State can miss WAC Vegas and we will literally have never lost in the WAC tournament to any other team in the tournament. Yeah. Or New Mexico State can sneak in as the 12 seed, play us in the first round, and then we'll be in the situation where we are either blowing our kneecaps off or dancing. Not hard to dance without your kneecaps, so <laughs> <laughs> Man. that would be that would be the absolute worst case scenario is if you know we end up playing the only team that we've ever lost to in the WAC tournament in the first round. But then yeah, that would just like make that. it sweeter if we won. It would. They need to win some games first, though. Yeah, they would probably need to win three games or so. Two of those will come to GCU or come at GCU, though. I, I know, dude. I know they will. It's gonna it's gonna hurt bad. It is. It'll be really sad. Yeah. Do you have anything else regarding the wax, Zach? Not really. I I think like I think we kind of know where the lopes are. I think we're not. I'm not particularly optimistic about the lopes right now. I'd love to see us get a bounce back win against Stephen F. Austin. We have a, a stretch on the schedule. We have Stephen F. Austin, and then our next game is New Mexico State at home. So we need to win those games. But yes, yeah, nothing else really. Like we said earlier, it's it's basically what this week is. And it'll be interesting, but it's basically all of the top-tier WAC teams are playing on the road against the mid-tier WAC teams. So I'm interested to see if any of the like Cal Baptists and UTRGVs of the world can pull an upset against a top-tier team at home, um, which is certainly possible. Like we said, the WAC teams, these teams are really good at home. They defend home court. So despite the difference in skill, how much of a factor is home court? And I think this year, more than previous years, it's pretty significant. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for this episode. And I would just like to say thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in last week. We had more listens last week than we've ever had in Win the Whack history. So thank you for tuning in. A special shout out to Whack Hoops Digest, who has us now on their website and has been helping us distribute stuff. So we, we really couldn't do it without them. But thanks for tuning in this week. Um, we appreciate you listening on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then we're looking forward to recording next week and having you tune in again. So until then, Lopes up. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out the blaster for three. Good! Harrison, up high, put back by the goal. Push back on Harrison quickly to the clock and drives baseline. Barrel, no doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that. I oh, did with a big right hand. Give the Lopes a three-point advantage. Where is University of Montana? Is that in Helena? No, it's in Missoula. Is it pretty far? Uh, it's about an hour forty-five minute drive. That's gotcha. a that's a two beer car ride. <laughs> it's a two beer drive. <laughs> the Win the Whack podcast does not endorse driving under the influence. Drinking and driving.